Well, say, friend, when does a batter call a pitcher an iron mite? Well, I'm sure you got the idea on that one, of course. It's when the pitcher is having an off day, when he's easier to hit than iron mite, the pitching machine. But you know, after the ball game, both pitcher and batter have the same name for genuine smoking enjoyment, for a genuine cigarette. And that, of course, is Lucky Strike. And why Luckies? Well, here's why. A Lucky is all cigarettes, all fine tobacco. Mild, naturally good-tasting tobacco that's toasted to taste even better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Have you tried a Lucky lately? You'll say it's the best-tasting cigarette you ever smoked. The following podcast contains two self-important, feeble, narrow-minded little shitlits who criticize pristine athletes in the prime of their careers. While ignoring the reality, they would cry like a little bitch when facing a 96-mile-an-hour fastball in the batter's box. It is intended for overweight, balding man-children only. The type of guy who irresponsibly drinks nine beers on a Wednesday, goes into work hungover, and gets the shits from an exorbitant $26 skip-the-dishes order from Wendy's. Listener discretion is advised. Light up the lucky, it's baseball time. Happy, go lucky. It's cabby time. Settle back in your chair. There's baseball in the air right now. It's cabby time. Chincholo. It's me. Me. Remember me? Me. It's Corey Jankowski, your best friend from middle school. Middle school. We did everything together. We were a team. team. A combo. Combo. Inseparable pals tied at the hip. That is, of course, until you killed me. Me. Fucked me up. Fucked me right up. in cold right blood. Right. No. No, I didn't. The only thing I'm guilty of is having a sweet tooth. And pardon my aggravation, but if I recall, the Dippin' Dots machine was out of order. Yes, you did. You did, Chincholo. You drowned me to the ground, saying bye-bye, you little twink, bye-bye. It was the currents. It could have been anybody's wrist. It was you, Chincholo. Who could forget that distinct tan-line discoloration where your medical alert bracelet would normally reside? That's bullshit, and you know it. The local gazette was a buzz. Newsflash, fucko! I was the talk of the town when I converted it to an anklet with added decorative beads. I think it's more of a decorative charm. charm. It's all semantics. Do you still have water in your ears? Get this through your fucking skull. I was the sultry sultan of turning heads at the concrete beach. Well, you were a concrete bitch. I'm Josh Gad's personal stylist. Do you know what that means? Do you know how significant that is? Oh, I love Josh Gad. 
He dazzled us on the red carpet premiere of Frozen with that curious mixture of denim with that sleek splash of sports jacket. Daddy will play Daddy the red play carpet the red game, carpet. but make no mistake about it, Joshua Elon Gad still has an edge. edge. It makes me throw up in my mouth knowing that was your handy work. It's hard to enjoy such timeless elegance knowing that the architect planning these blueprints has blood all over his hands. His hands. That should be me. What I would give to get Gaddy all dazzled up for the ball. Yeah, well, what I'd give to facefuck some domino cynistics right about now. Some children grow up to be the co-host of massively popular online podcast, while others like you puss out in a mid-90s wave pool. I don't know what to tell you. You don't deserve anything. The fame, the fortune, the close personal friendship with Howie Mandel. I had dreams of rubbing elbows with Howie. Imagine it. Me, a frequent guest on Howie Mandel's Wowie Weekly Podcast, presented by Sirius XM, JFL, Laugh Out Loud, Canada Live. He's my everything. It's too bad you killed me because I would die for Howie Mandel. I would kill for Howie. And I'm all grown up now. And I would Howie Mandel, a sexual servant to his every demand. Wouldn't you? I know! He can act, he can sing, he can work the crowd. What can't Howie do? He's truly a multifaceted comedic delight, a one of a kind import from the Great White North. He certainly has a critically lauded resume, doesn't he? Not to mention the Howie Mandel show. His syndicated daytime talk show. How we had a talk show? I had no idea. Still, we're talking mid to late 90s daytime talk show slots? Give me that coos ball flying closeted dyke over that germaphobe pussy fuck any day of the week. Ellen? Ellen? No, you idiot. The fat one. Ellen never flew a coos ball in her life, you stupid fucking bitch. What, do you need glasses up there? Her brand was dancing in the audience while her producer seemingly harassed every intern left, right, and center. Wait, why did you flip on Howie? Howie. Listen here, you fucking shit. I'm unpredictable. A Russian doll of intrigue. You don't know shit about me. I'd drown you right fucking now if I had the chance. You see what I mean? Me. Those sudden mood swings. You were aggravated. You wouldn't take off your northern getaway teal pullover in the pool. And oh, the other children, children. they laughed and they laughed. I have inverted nipples. It's a medical condition. It's called inversia. Don't you have access to broadband internet from prominent Canadian telecommunications provider Coachco Cable up there at the pearly gates? Pull up Netscape Navigator and look it up, you ignorant fuck. Inversia? Let's be honest here. You had nips that would perk up like a prize pooch at the Westminster Dog Show. I've had years to reflect on this, and the one thing that gets me so much is that when the children, teachers, and work staff personnel were crying and screaming over my sudden demise, there you were. Sitting on a damp towel, eating smart food popcorn, and shutting up 
my heartbroken, teary-eyed sister Shannon, saying, hey, Tuts, want to come over for some blue raspberry Kool-Aid and a round of Echo the Dolphin on my Well, I figured during the grieving process, she needed some charming male companionship. A little vitamin me, if you will. You're so selfish. You miss my funeral. Funeral. Citing a debilitating sniffle. When in actuality, you were at home. Home. Ferociously masturbating to Pamela Anderson's VIP. The semen council in your balls voted unanimously in favor of funding your own personal Pam and Games. You know, it was weird. Despite everything, I only took home the bronze. But it wasn't my fault, though. My parents were arguing in the next room. It was distracting. The only satisfaction I have. have the only peace I'm able to make with myself. Is one day you'll die soon, Chincholo. And when you do, you'll be right here with me in Wait, you're in hell? That little dunk of yours was a baptism! Yeah, but heaven's no place for a little howie-loving heathen like me. Bye-bye, Chincholo. See you soon! Wait, soon? Soon? No! I didn't do it! No! Don't listen to that little twig! I'm innocent! I'm innocent! Chinchola, wake up! Ah! Sweet tits, wake up! Ellen's innocent! She's innocent! Ellen is innocent! There, there. Ellen would never do such a thing. She's a robotic lesbian delight. Another nightmare? Here, let me heat you up one of my bedside taquitos. It's like the third Ellen dream this week. Mmm, Monterey Jack chicken. Mmm. I just have a lot on my mind lately, you know? Well, I certainly can't blame you. You must be nervous for the upcoming Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame induction ceremony. The only museum that immortalizes baseball alcoholic beverages, and culinary excellence in perfect harmony. This is so fucking important. Dude, these choices that loom over our heads have massive implications for decades to come. It's getting to the point where I can't even get my hair extensions for the upcoming Evanescence Wake Me Up Inside 25th Anniversary Virtual E-Tour without these gossip-crazed foreign beauticians babbling my ear off trying to get the inside scoop on potential nominees. I'm like, cookie, cookie, sweetheart, shh, 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 shh. When it comes to KCBHOF, you know Kevy's got to be hush-hush. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Every fucking nine seconds I have to hear about these first responder whiners and their supposed heroic bullshit. Wah! No one seems to fully grasp the immense pressure that's been placed upon us. Ugh, tell me about it. I literally had the exact same experience when I got my asshole waxed and bleached at the Mississauga Body and Soul Day Spa. Well, yeah. Especially when you've been dealing with that stress-induced anal rosacea. These fuckers are relentless. I'm like Princess Diana dodging the paparazzi in and out of the loo. Loo means washroom in British. 
Of course I'm stressed out, Kev. How could I not be? We host one of the most influential podcasts of a generation. Honestly, Kev, gun to Dave's head. Oh, what are you making a fuss about now? What? What do you want? Water, please. What the fuck do you mean you need another beverage? We gave you a strawberry kiwi Capri Sun just over seven hours ago. Look at this diva demanding such extravagant accommodations. Who the fuck do you think you are, Shakira? Well, your hips certainly do lie, don't they, David? She's not even known for being a terrible person. Look at me, Mr. Smith-Hayes. Look at me! Will you stop being a Luca Magnata and start being a Luca Magnata? I just want to see my family. I miss them so much. Speaking of which, can you tell that slut Sketty and Horball's wife of yours to stop texting me every 20 minutes? Where's Dave? Where's Dave? Where's that my David boy go? Where'd he go? Ah, he's working, bitch. Do you think that Chris Kattan had to deal with this nonsense on the set of Corky Romano? Because I'm willing to bet dollars to goddamn donuts. The answer is absolutely fucking not. Your wife is a condescending cunt. She doesn't support your dreams like we do. You could fly a zeppelin through that gash. Large aerial objects traveling through that vaginal cavity with relative ease. Yeah, and don't get me started with that lippy kid of yours. Oh, that self-centered bitch. I hate your son. He doesn't understand the nuance of Kevy's Country Breakfast, the cavernous creative comedy that just oozes out of our pores. Yeah, that toddler never jived with me. He's a snot-nosed, crinkle-cut shit-dingle, just like his papa. What gets to me the most is the ungrateful, complete lack of respect shown to us here, David. Here we are, Kev Sheeler, Kevin Chincholo, two of the sexiest, most in-demand podcast hosts in the Southern Ontario Golden Horseshoe region. You're relatively unknown. The only podcast that's been accepted in the prestigious Kevin Smith Jort Film Festival. That's not a real thing. It's a subsidiary of Jort by Jort West. That, that doesn't make any sense. Delivering audio excellence, episode after episode. This will be the second one released this year over like six months apart. With cutting edge content spanning over two decades. You do realize that the first episode came out in the spring of 2019, right? Who's about to hand out breathtaking lifetime achievement statuettes. An arbitrary hall of fame that showcases nothing more than your own self-importance. If you're looking at Kebby's Country Breakfast as a stock right now, me thinks it would be a good time to get in on it, sweetheart. Who are you winking at? There's no one else here. So if you'll excuse me, I'm going to untie you. You're going to grab the car keys to my maroon Mercury Sable and waddle your little bottom buns over to Sobeys to fetch us some Miller Lite sliders as we have a monumental day ahead of us, David. Wait, what are Miller Lite sliders? They're 335 mils, the regular cans. Live from the historic Paradise Punch Yo Play Tube Amphitheater in beautiful downtown Hagersville, Ontario. It's the inaugural 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Featuring the Kevy's Country Breakfast dancers, the Kevettes. <laughs> Producer David Smith Hayes. It's an unbelievable thrill to be here. And in a Kevy's Country exclusive, we sit down with family law attorney Dr. Sonia Montiago 
to discuss the financial proceedings in Kevin Chincholo's impending divorce. What? What the fuck, man? I know this is a comedy show where we try to be silly and outrageous, but this is fucking disrespectful to me and my family. Like, the least you could do- Don't do this in the copter. Can I get another Fanta, please? Descending from the heavenly skies above, here are your hosts for tonight's gala, Kev Sheeler and Kevin Chinchola. everyone best fans in the world right here it's a-list galore in here well hello there frankie muniz how do you do justin greeny chincholo are you feeling that energy that sizzle in the air oh i sure can kev chincholo get a good whiff Double dip those sweet baby fucks in batter and deep fry them to eight courses of perfection. Speaking of eight courses, let's, let's get, to, get the nominees. to the nominees. It's a hot July night and the Jays just shit the bed. Giving up a three run lead to the dog shit Baltimore Orioles in the top of the ninth. Trudging your way out of the dome in the cavernous halls of Gate 9, fuming with disappointment, you spot in the corner of your eye some dickhead wearing what else? A red Canada Day Brett Laurie jersey that just screams unnecessary verbal confrontation. And just to feel alive, you proclaim, Hey, ding dong! Did you get that shirt in a case of Bud Light Limeritas, you fair weather hack fuck? Depressed and beaten, you find yourself at the closest Jack Astor's you can find for an ice-cold pint of Molson Export. Maybe two. Guzzle that piss back, you little pig. It's time to punish yourself. Next thing you know, it's last call at the bar and the express bus back home has gone bye-bye. Dry-mouthed, lonely, famished, sexually frustrated. Contemplating ending it all. You find solace in the Lone Street Mead vendor, like a lighthouse guiding a seaman to safety. Whether you go for the traditional hot dog, mild Polak delight, or spicy Italian wop chop, there's something for everyone in this delicious dynasty of transcendent genius. It doesn't matter to you, does it? You sick, perverted fuck freak, longing for the snap of the casing. A mere $4 out of your pocket provides endless comfort, fulfillment, and lustful satisfaction. The only care now left in the world is your penis sword fighting your asshole for attention supremacy. Kevy's Country Breakfast proudly nominates the Toronto Street Meat Vendors for the 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame. Born in Great Falls, Montana, the star athlete at Douglas MacArthur High School in San Antonio, Texas. This military brat got his first taste of Little League in the slugger hotbed that is Happy Valley Goose Bay, Labrador. 
His talents were selected 24th overall by the New York Mets in the 1980 Amateur Draft. Pretty top-notch talent that also featured the likes of first-round selections Daryl Strawberry, Terry Francona, and Billy Bean to boot. Although his playing career was just a cup of coffee of 18 games in the show between 84 and 86, the impact of his legacy was far from over. Duking it out in the minors for over 10 years as a catching instructor, hitting coach, and manager to top the resume. But the brightest feather in the cap was on full display when he was named skipper of your Toronto Blue Jays in 2004. Was he level-headed? What? Are you fucked? Of course not. But we'd have it no other way. Those 52 career ejections should be worn as a badge of honor. After being ejected in his post-game interview on July 2nd, 2014, he said, quote, Maybe I got tired of looking at bunts not getting put down, so I said, I'll go have a beer. It's pretty simple business if you get down to it. Those guys who got all their complicated answers, they're kidding ya. Unquote. I mean, fuck, how perfect is that? And before the judgment, I guess a goody two-shoes like you never threatened to fuck up a co-worker like he did with Shay Hillenbrand in July of 2006, huh? I'm sure you just have lunch with your pastor and watch reruns of Road to Avonlea, now don't you? We get it, you're flawless, but for the rest of us mere mortals, we tip our cap to the legend that is John Gibbons. Two stints with the gig carved up 793 career manager W's an American League East title, and back-to-back -back appearances in the ALCS. Stick that Ted Rogers statue up your ass and replace it with a glorious 5'11 bronze monument that pleasingly displays Gibby the best. Kevy's Country Breakfast proudly nominates John Gibbons for the 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame. Let's face it, you're a phony. Hmm, that's too harsh. On second thought, we'll call it drastically embellishing yourself. Either way, you still talk a lot of shit for a guy who tries on skinny jeans at Blue Notes, huh? I mean, once in your naive, wishful thinking adolescence, you fancied yourself a bit of a ball player. Ultimately, you didn't have the drive, coaching, nor belief from your parents to exert your efforts in any sort of notable talent. Fast forward to March 6, 2019, Tom Arnold's 60th birthday. You get a ring-a-ding-ding. -ding. Yo, 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 it's C-Dog. What do you say we bring in Tommy Ernie's birthday in style? And get fucked up while we buy some bean balls for the Mega Bikini Babes, you dig? I mean, you've had a couple of pops. You think to yourself, sure, fuck it. Let's bang some dingers, skyrockets, Kevy four bags will be resurrected. You pop in that cage, whiff, whiff, whiff. Jesus Christ, let's even make contact. I mean, whose dick do I gotta suck around here to even see a foul tip? I don't get it. How could this happen? It's only been 16 years of discount beers and Salisbury steak TV dinners, the bento box of depression, whose only exercise is jogging back to work late from lunch after eating mall food court Chinese food. 
Suddenly, six-year MLB veteran Juan Francisco emerges. Not so easy, is it, you arrogant, lanky cock? He sternly proclaims. Sorry, Mr. Francisco. Sorry, Mr. Francisco. Ooh la la, you prissy little piss bitch. Kevy's Country Breakfast proudly nominates Getting Fucking Humbled in a Batting Cage to the 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame. Friday is finally here, and to put things mildly, the week has been fucked. Looking in the mirror, you barely recognize the once ambitious young go-getter whose hopes and dreams have all been crushed like a tidal wave splashing over a life raft. The never-ending imprisonment that is the monotonous 9-to-5 work week. But I imagine even the inmates in Guantanamo Bay are allowed to put their hair down with a Tyler Perry movie night every once in a while, huh? Pizza's been ordered, all dress crispers are lounging on the couch, and the soothing sounds of Jamie Campbell pregame put you at ease like a rainy afternoon all-day Frasier binge. I'm listening. There's just one ingredient missing in this otherwise flawless recipe of perfection. Suds, wobbly pops, liquid crazy bread, the old magic hop water, beer. But hmm, what to pick? Craft beer is always a treat. Who doesn't love those microbreweries in small or mid-sized towns catering to 30-somethings, flocking in droves, hoping for one last taste of the good times? Faded socialite drunks whose once charming beauty is depleting right in front of your eyes over a strawberry shortcake milk stout. As the pussy French say, tres bien. But tonight's not about flavor. Oh no, it's about efficiency. The sole privilege and responsibility to take you to the Budget Boy Promised Land. And that beer is Miller fucking High Life. The crack of the can, the pop of the cap, the oral pleasure from the fizz. I mean, those bottles are just sexy. The Mike Trout of affordable, everyday lifestyle loggers. And sure, if you look deep into the company's spreadsheets, you might find some unsavory behavior inconsiderate to the ethical standards of the common good. But we'll ignore that like Jerry Seinfeld dating a high school student at the ripe age of 38. Or rock and roll icon Chuck Berry putting a camera in a woman's washroom stall for the sole purpose of getting a candid photograph of a young lady's puss puss. The champagne of beers, it's Miller time, bitch. Kevy's Country Breakfast proudly nominates Miller High Life for the 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame. The 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame induction ceremony will be right back. I mean, I gotta get home. No big deal. I'm only going a couple of blocks. Where will you stop making excuses? When I get caught, I'll kill someone. 
drinking and driving. Don't be a pussy. It's just a couple of blocks. Something to think about from the Ontario Ministry of Health. Show sack. In 2015, you are on PEDs and went again cartel the following March. What's up, yo? What's good? It's Chris Calbello, former Toronto Blue Jay, Minnesota Twin. So this is a shout out to the boys in Kevy's Country's Breakfast. These boys uh, might not be handsome, athletic, or even intelligent, but you have one thing you can't teach unwarranted overconfidence which uh you know you can't go without that so cheers to you guys fellas i hope you guys are well see you and we're back and congrats to all the winners man we haven't even announced the winners yet oh yeah i I wasn't listening when does that happen it's not my fault the cue card guy is a crew cut cunt (laughs) what a great joke chincholo Anyways, let's get back to the nominees. Some things are just meant to be together, like cheese sauce and soft pretzels, a marginally talented artist and a self-congratulatory Instagram post, and Mitch Buchanan and Baywatch Beach Justice. But they all pale in comparison to this gentleman and the great game of baseball. For 67 years, he was the longest tenured broadcaster for a single team in professional sports history, encapsulating the hearts and minds with effortless professionalism and admirable humility. The significance of his achievements cannot be understated. He's broadcasted 20 no-hitters, including three perfect games, Don Larson in 56, Sandy Koufax in 65, and Dennis Martinez in 1991. Not to mention Hank Aaron's record-setting 715th career home run, Bill Buckner's fucky World Series snafu, and was even in the building when Joe Carter went yard to cement his legacy in Canadian sports history. Your grandpa was a real piece of shit in comparison, huh? The man called games involving Connie Mack, born 1862, and Julio Urias, born in 1996 a master storyteller that not only enhances the viewer's experience, in the event of a 12-1 blowout, it becomes the sole reason to continue tuning in. He could enthrall an entire Hooters waitstaff with a regaling tale of Sandy Koufax and the history of cleavage. So in the dead of winter, when the insatiable lust for baseball is at an all-time high, dust off the old laptop, that Toshiba's still got some juice. Pop over to YouTube.com and revisit Mr. Scully calling the game he loves in all its immaculate glory. It's time for Dodger Baseball. Kevy's Country Breakfast proudly nominates Vin Scully for the 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame. A sweaty Vienna, I'll be Frankfurter. A little drizzle of yellow mustard never hurt anyone now, did it? Tomatoes. Sweet, sexy, neon relish. Onions that are whiter than Antifa and the Proud Boys revolutionary LARPing outside City Hall. Oy vey! 
Pop in a pickle spear for that irresistible, dewy, kosher crunch. Celery salt to taste. Stick a sport pepper right up my dickhole. That distinct sting irritating my urinary meat is ouchie. And wrap that puppy around a poppy seed bun. I mean, you look at that on paper and it sounds pretty fucking stupid, doesn't it? Wrong. Kevy like the kitchen sink of the ballpark Frank. An impractical mess. But a welcome delicacy to soak up those Goose Island tall cans. Kevy's Country Breakfast proudly nominates the Chicago Dog for the 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame. It's difficult to encapsulate just how sensational Ichiro Suzuki was in 2001. The 27-year-old newcomer from Japan, faced with a myriad of expectations, dazzled in his debut campaign with an eye-popping 350 batting average, 457 slugging, and 838 OPS, along with leading the league with 242 hits and 56 stolen bags. An impressive resume that goes on to earn him the American League MVP, Rookie of the Year, and Silver Slugger nod. But it ain't just with a stick. The fella had elite leather and a rocket for an arm to earn him a gold glove as well. The only player in Major League history to take home all these awards in a single season. It's hard to even fathom that all these achievements have been accomplished in just his first campaign in the big leagues. So when it came time to honor the fan-favorite generational superstar's monumentous achievements with a commemorative bobblehead, the promotional brass and the Seattle Mariners' head office thought to themselves, Hey, instead of even remotely resembling Ichiro's facial features, how about we base the model on a description from a paranoid, perked-up, bloated suburban mom who called 911 on a 17-year-old Hispanic teenager who was trying on Ray-Bans and a sunglasses hot. This fucking thing looks more like platinum recording artist Pitbull than it does the seven-time all-star outfielder. It's as ridiculous as a visual-based punchline in a non-video podcast. Kevy's Country Breakfast proudly nominates the Ichiro Suzuki bobblehead that doesn't look a fucking thing like him to the 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame. You awaken in your motel room, hungover, 9.30 a.m. Gatorade Zero flies down your gullet, not your favorite flavor, of course, the hierarchy of lemon, lime, blue, and orange, but instead you settle for this dog shit, lukewarm berry burst. Forgetting your Metamucil on your nightstand at home, wishful dreams of a softened stool have fallen by the wayside. The forecast for this weekend's shits is a torrential splish-splash of diarrhea showers, followed by a heavy haze of daggers that are destined to split open three inches of your asshole, pleading for compromise from the much-feared heavy brick. You remind your internal organs that Kevy's a good little boy. 
What do you say we get the gang together by the bowl and crank out some shitlit marbles? It's McMuffin time! Declining a score McFlurry because life is about challenging yourself. You set sail with the beautiful baseball cathedral on the horizon. The buzz of the blue moon neon sign two blocks away draws you in like the two-bit whore you are for succulent lady liquor. You're early, fuck it, have a beer. Your whistle sufficiently soaked. You march down the promenade to take in a breezy afternoon of the game you love. It's been circled on your calendar, and after weeks of anticipation, it's finally here. You walk through the gates and immediately start to stretch your foraging skill set by assessing your surroundings. With your notebook in hand, you mark out where to piss, where to drink, and where to hit on recently separated 40-year-old moms with fresh pepperette breath. The sounds of the ballpark. The stadium organ. The grilling of hot dogs. Legions of pasty, malnourished spectators clumping through the halls in a patriotic stampede gawk at you with utter disgust. With your Mr. Sub Blue Jays gym bag confidently strapped over your shoulder, like Brett the Hitman Hart arriving with the Intercontinental title, you feel like a lone antelope within the thundering herd. The smells of the fresh-cut grass, roasted peanuts, cotton candy, and stale Budweiser illuminates your senses like an upscale potpourri. From the iconic Dodgers stadium to a drunken divorced dad who yelled, HE FUCKING BOUGHT! At a Little League game being sternly escorted back to his Kia Sorento, the magic is all here. The combination of these senses encapsulates a long history of tradition, pride, and American exceptionalism. Kevy's Country Breakfast proudly nominates walking into a ballpark for the first time four beers deep for the 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame. And the 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame inductees are Vin Scully. Miller Highlight. John Gibbons. And the Toronto Street Meat Vendors. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2020 Kevy's Country Breakfast Hall of Fame inductees. What a great selection. Well done, boys. Well done indeed.
Skydome thing. That's that's kind of some juicy news, right? I mean, it's going to take you know billion years to actually get this happening, but and also it's a long time coming. This, this news, like we've anticipated to hear this event, like at some point soon. I actually didn't, to be quite frank. I like because I, I thought this would just be this this stalemate you would just see for years. It was just this, and, and I've been on record saying it looks like a, a diaper toilet bowl piece of shit right in the middle of downtown. I've had amazing memories there. I love going there. It's still so fun. Like this is when you know you're talking to some goober about baseball when they're like, "I I can't even go there. It's so bad." Like, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to watch. Right. You don't want to go see Mike Trout playing the Sky Dome because you're you. That makes no sense to me. Right. It's still a professional baseball stadium. I don't need all the bells and whistles, really. Like I kind of just want to go and watch. It's still it like when it's when the dome is actually open, it's great. Like it yeah, the field isn't the nicest looking field because it's like artificial turf, but it's got it still has the vibe of a ballpark. It's not the it's definitely not by by any means the nicest ballpark we've ever been to. But <laughs> Yeah, it's still a great place to see a ball game. Yeah, like the fan experience of going to Rogers Center is still very fun. I, I the, the like again, they they talk about the we they, this is the pros and cons. They say the location is perfect, and it is, especially for people coming from out of town. But there's something to be said when you go to a stadium that's surrounded by a community supporting the team, which you don't really get in downtown Toronto. So, like if you go to the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, they just have these you know all these small bars across the street. It just feels very Reds oriented. In that part of the community, which of course you're not going to get in the downtown metropolis of the biggest city and the fourth biggest city in North America, right and plopped in the middle of the city. You're not going to get that. You're going to leave and you're going to run into people that just saw, you know, fucking Joseph and the Amazing Technical or Dreamcoat. And Toronto's big enough that they should have infrastructure already in place to put it somewhere else. So what do you like about the Skydome? What do you don't like about the Skydome? Like what jumps out at you? Well, uh, yeah, like I mean, like you said, the location is amazing. It's so easy to get to, especially from out of town. Yeah. Yeah, what else, what else do you not like about it, Chinchola? It, it definitely feels like you're in this giant cavern. You know what I mean? Like it's a cavernous and it's dark, especially in like the in like the pedways or like around the state. Like, yeah, you go to a game. I, I remember went to going like opening weekend, maybe two years ago, and you're there on Saturday. And so it's like the, the buzz of opening day is gone. And it like and it's fucking the atmosphere in there is dead. I mean, don't, I mean, that's that has nothing to do. That's no fault of the, the Rogers Center itself, but more of the Homer fly by night fan base that is the Toronto Blue Jays, right? Right. Like it it's it is uh like no energy inside there. Like Jesus Christ, like can we pump it up a little bit, please? Well like there's even like there's there's like dead zones in that stadium too. Like especially like out in the in the pedway areas where it's like All right, I I let the first one go. You and your fucking pedways. <laughs> Anyways, you were saying you go out, out 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 from the stands and like you're like it's like dead quiet. There's like hardly any foot traffic. Like there's nothing but a toilet you walk to. And it's just like it, it doesn't it doesn't take around the whole stadium. It doesn't take full advantage of those the whole stadium around it. I want people to have fun at the game. I want to have I want to go to a game where people are locked in first pitch. That's fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing about the dome is that you you can really tell it was built as like a multi-use complex. Definitely. 
Yeah. It wasn't oriented towards baseball until the last couple of years. And at the time, that was it. It was yeah. literally, it was funny how the, the Jays were literally the end point. And then obviously, stadiums started to get retrofitted and look cool. Camden Yards came, what, a year after, two years Yeah, after? it's like a year or two after. Yeah. But now it's like a timeless ballpark. It's like one that you think will last like as long as some of these other ones. Like it's Camden Yards is gorgeous. My yeah. God, what a cool stadium, right? And then you have Ken Griffey Jr., the, the, the home run derby hitting dingers, hit it off the warehouse. Just what a beautiful sight that is. Just right. absolutely gorgeous. So do you want to see do you want to see a completely open air stadium for oh, the next let's one? Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Yes. I want a completely fucking open air stadium. I don't think we're gonna see that though in Toronto. I know. Why not? Target Be- Field. I know Target, Target Field. Field does it. If the if oh I know. I agree. I agree. I would love it too, because that's it's the best way to see a ball game. But have a fucking oh, oh it gets a little ch- fucking put a sweater on, pussy, right now. These people in the comments immediately like, you better have it open and closing. Shut up. If it's too cold for you for opening day, then you're not a true Jays fan to be there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's it's the Northeast. Like, so many stadiums are open air in the Northeast. Fuck you. Like, it looks stupid. This I, It doesn't look the same. I don't care. I know it looks better when it's open. No, it's not. It's not that great. Yeah. You drive by a stadium and you see the Great American Ballpark. You see even Yankee Stadium. You see City Field. You see these ballparks. They look gorgeous. They look nice mm-hmm. because it's open air. That's what a ballpark should look like. Have a rain delay. I don't care. Have a drink. I love a good rain delay. Yeah, so do I. Uh, Steph and I, we went to a game. We had like a six-hour rain delay, and I boozed like you wouldn't believe. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> booze. You, you know how many bottles of beer you can sneak into a poncho? It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah these are tips it's gonna it's gonna look like the the rangers new stadium it's gonna look like globe like globe life why field. does dave have to be this asshole right off the bat well he's not wrong though he, really if it looks like globe life field might as well just throw up what's the point i know point? i 100 agree well because they want it that stadium is the main soulless. reason they want to change it they're not really concerned about the atmosphere of like a new stadium or like the new technology they're concerned about say making more space for condominiums that's what they're more worried about. Oh, absolutely. Because get, the, the building itself will be more baseball centric. They're not going to have the hotel or anything attached anymore. Like right. it's going to be more compact. They're going to have the roof on it and we're going to accept it. Like we accept everything else. Like we accept that oh, there's going to be a TD logo on the Blue Jays jersey within fucking a year. <laughs> That's going to happen. You know that fucking insurance company that fucked you over? They're on your favorite team's <laughs> logo every single day when you look at it. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. taking an AB. They better put a roof on it. Why? What? The, oh, my God. Yeah, man. Target Field is beautiful. Target Field is gorgeous. It's a new stadium. It's in Minneapolis, which is arguably colder than Toronto. It's okay. You go to with the Tigers play. What's the stadium called? I've been there. It's very nice. I forget. Comerica. It's beautiful. Yeah. Gorgeous ballpark. They don't have a roof there. They're in fucking Detroit, right? Like, Mm. what are we doing? Don't put a fucking roof on it. First off, that globe-like field where the fuck they play at the Rangers, they, they hit all the buttons of why it's a bullshit ballpark. (laughs) It's it's not real grass either. Right. What? They don't have real grass? (laughs) No. No. Because it's too hot. Well, that that's the, that's the one thing I fear is like, please, for the love of God, just just do like a natural grass. Like come they're on. gonna do natural grass. I think they're gonna yeah. do natural grass. I think they will do. That. Well, because that was a big thing, like, uh, trying to bring it into the Rogers Center, which was never gonna happen. Because it has a basement. They threw so. some cash to I believe the University of Guelph to yeah. see how feasible that'd be, and they're like, they came back and they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so how? So like? So what? Wh- like what else do you want out of the new stadium? Like it's gonna be smaller. Like currently, right now, it's like fifty thousand. It fits. 
So it's probably going to be more like 35, I, I I would imagine. I love the idea of a more compact stadium. But again, you got to do it like do like imagine we had a, a ballpark that looked like City Field in downtown Toronto. It'd be sick. Yeah, it'd be so cool. It, it's it also funny. People are making jokes online like, oh, why are you doing like Skydo memories? This fucker's going to still he- be here for eight years, which is true, right? Like it's not it's not like it's happening next season. No, there's it's going it, to like these things usually take very long time to happen. They get and like that's that's the other thing they say they're going to it's going to be funded by private money. That's not going to fucking happen. They're going to get they're going to get no. to the table and they're going to be like, you know what? We could probably get like 500 million from the government. So maybe we should probably do that. And they'll still call it like go fuck yourself field. It is not really- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like they hold cities hostage, man. Like they make them want like they make they say they threaten to leave if they don't like provide funding. Yeah, and th- and th- and that's where the, the the socially conscious person in you and the major baseball fan in you uh, clashes because you're like, of course you want a new stadium, and then you look at like your your downtown and you just look at tens of homelessness. You're like, hi everyone, <laughs> did you hear about the Sky Dome news? <laughs> Who is a more polarizing figure than Mike Wilner? You either love him or you hate him. Uh, what, what were your initial thoughts when you heard Mike Wilder got canned? Because mine were, this is pretty surprising. It kind of came out of left field. I did not expect he'd be uh, getting his walking pairs from the Blue Jays. So is that, that's confirmed he actually got fired? Because I didn't know that. I thought like maybe they just, his contract was up and it, it, they didn't re-sign him. No, no. Yeah, like they, they got, they, uh, I, well, I don't know what I the contract they, details. I, but, I thought they agreed to part ways. Yeah. But yeah, but if you read <laughs> his statement, it wasn't, it wasn't a mutual decision, right? It's like a guy who breaks up with his girlfriend and he's he's heartbroken. He's like, it's probably for the best. And like, she's with another guy on Instagram. (laughs) 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 And like on a a jet ski in Greece and he's fucking jerking off at home bummed out. Like that's the reality of what happened in that situation. I wasn't a fan of Mike Wilner. He wasn't patient with his, like, with, like, I, like, listen. Fucking a lot of sports fans are idiots, right? They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They can't, <laughs> including including the three of us. <laughs> yeah, especially. <laughs> but uh, um. But he didn't have he didn't have that patience in sports radio where like he can keep up a conversation. He also did not like being proven wrong, even when he was wrong and got called out on it. He he couldn't handle it. Could you give me an example of a time he was proven wrong? Um, no, I can't. But uh, <laughs> but like it's like it, it would be like random things, like uh, like an ERA of a pitcher or something. Or he's like, not he's not infallible. Uh, yeah, he what was he pompous at certain times? Absolutely. Um, but you have to, the, the mental intellect of these drunks calling into Jay's talk were absolutely asinine. You know what I mean? Right. Like to deal with that night after night, I'd have a breaking point three days in the fact that he lasted this long, you know, I mean, he didn't do Jay's talk this year, but like the fact that he was able to keep his cool that long. I mean, also who's call, if you're calling into, if you're calling into talk radio, you're as fucking delusional as a person doing a podcast like us right now. You're, you're <laughs> mentally ill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wilner, one that was willing to also listen to the people that called in, like because it seemed like he let's get it. It seemed like he had an opinion of that person or that call before he already determined what the answer was before he really truly heard them out. A lot of the time, like sure, but let's let's remove ourselves from Blue Jays talk because he wasn't even doing that last year. He he was in the booth, right? He was calling innings for the Jays and he got canned from that, right? And you were a fan. You you were a fan of it. You enjoyed him, right? I actually preferred Wilner more in the booth than doing Jays talk. I think Jays talk is a waste of time to listen to. To be quite frank, I I thought that uh, Wilner did a pretty good job in the booth calling his innings. I thought he was he had excited at the right moments. He had a certain personality to him. I thought his voice was great. 
when you talk about um like the play-by-play guy like they have to have an also an element of charm to them like as we know vince scully was the king of that right and and mike Milner didn't have that he wasn't like guy that was like you know what i want to sit down and listen to this guy for an afternoon drinking beers on my back porch you know what i mean like I guess this breaks down the type of character of a human being that I like to associate with because I'd rather hang out with someone who is their true self and rubs you maybe rubs some people the wrong way by being who they are than just being this manufactured, artificial, playing it by the book horse shit. Like it's boring to me. You know what I mean? Mike Miller was a bitch. <laughs> he was a bitch, honestly. Tincholo comes at him with the intensity like he just fucked his wife after winning a co-ed badminton tournament. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Let's talk nuggets, baby. Who's got the best nuggets, Chincholo? It's McDonald's, and it's not even close, honestly. It's not even close. No, it's so Gr- close. It, it's, it's so it's close. It's not even close. And we're talking about mass marketed nugget availability. So what? What is? What is yours, Dave? It's it's gonna be Wendy's. No. Every time. Can we get? Can we get? Can we had Roseanne getting booed at the national anthem for this fucking horse shit. <laughs> Fucking short-sighted bullshit opinion. No, that is. no, fuck no. you. That no, is, this is a great. That opinion. is the WCW of Nuggets, <laughs> and not even in the in the Monday Night Wars. It's when they gave David Arquette the strap. Like they have no. It, what are you fucking talking about? No, no, about? Are you kidding me? No, no, no. The, the Wendy's Nuggets are the ECW Prime 1999 no, they are, Nuggets. They are That's what they are. That's a whole standard of a McNugget. You have no respect. They, have they are no, the ECW on Friday nights on TNT. It's, it's That's actually, it's actually, it's it's a mental deficiency Dave has. <laughs> So we we every piece of chicken that comes out of Wendy's is no. infinitely better than every piece of chicken that comes out of McDonald's. Okay, that's disrespectful. Yeah, but you can peel the bet you can peel the breading back like a scab, like when you're in the ninth grade. Like it's this. <laughs> There's a reason why the nuggets from Wendy's are on their value menu because they're fine. They're fine. I I will have them. I will enjoy them. They are not as dude. dude no, 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 no. You know why they're on their value menu? Oh it's because God. it's not expensive to make nuggets, oh and they God. make good no, nuggets. No. We can't listen to Dave's opinion. He's got three boxes of pinties in his freezer right now. <laughs> okay, we cannot. We cannot listen yeah, to he's Dave. A, on this. He's a Scott Tournament of Hearts fuck freak. <laughs> he's a Northern Ontario fuckhead, guys. I've talked about before. <laughs> He has no idea about nug- nugget supremacy. It's disgusting. And then you, I, what are you dipping it in? They're 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 it's mustard. They're, I mean, uh, okay, so uh, let, let's 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 break down the nugget and from of what's what makes it its greatness. Okay. Yeah, Chichola, pull out a PowerPoint. <laughs> First of all, it's the it's the crunch, right? That's number one. It's the outside coating of the nugget. All right. <laughs> it's a bird that's got his beak ripped off in a factory farm. All right, and then you coat it in that magical, you know. Nugget cocoon. That's what I want in my chicken. Right, same. That sweet and sour sauce from McDonald's is the premier sauce. It's not sauce. even the best sauce. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the premier sauce of any mass m- produce. Dude, McDonald's McDonald's hot mustard is way better than McDonald's sweet and sour. I would fuck with the hot mustard. Absolutely. And they ha- and they, they do have great sauce. The, 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 the McDonald's, the, the the sweet and sour from Wendy's, or is it a plum? Is it a plum or is it sweet and sour? It's shit <laughs> it's fucking bullshit it is not good probably i don't fuck with sweet it's, and sour it's sauce too, unless i'm at a chinese restaurant it's too it's it's too much it's just like you just you dunked it in sugar but they don't even have a kick to it at all to enjoy are, are you familiar with this yeah yeah of course yeah well like here's the deal though do you, do you guys prefer like like cut up strips of chicken breast or do you like ground chicken 
What I prefer is a nugget, baby. And we're talking about nuggets. Stop, stop changing the goalposts in the conversation. What? This is not changing the goalposts. Oh my god! Yeah. Wendy's, Wendy's is a formed nugget. Wendy's is formed for chicken breast formed into a nugget. It's like ground chicken yeah. meat. It's not like you're getting chicken tenders here. Yeah, we want a nugget, bitch. We want a nugget. We're adults that want nuggets, okay? Like if if you want to talk Wendy's chicken tender, like chicken fingers, Wendy's chicken strips are another are are phenomenal. Though. The strips are good, and the spicy chicken sandwich is good. Okay, the nuggets okay. fucking suck. Okay, here, here's, here's and I'll eat them. I'll eat them because I'm a trash boy. It's McDonald's, and it's not even. And they're better close, than McDonald's honestly. nuggets. They are. They're better. The breading's better. The seasoning's better. The dipping sauces are better. This is a very like lipstick on a pig scenario here. This is what we're dealing with. Oh. I know. Yeah, yeah. You're you guys not... are so wrong. You guys are so like you were so intellectually stunted to believe that McDonald's McNuggets are better than Wendy's. Fucking, it's a value it's menu the gold item. standard. No, it's no. the gold standard. And I and I will eat away. I will fuck with a Wendy's nugget, They're but it's great. not. Yeah, it's not the it come to your head. And I put a gun in my head multiple times just to see what it feels like to feel alive. <laughs> you put that to your head. I want a fucking McDonald's McNugget. All right. I've never once in my life craved McDonald's. because he hate, and you know what it's about. Joel hates the Irish. He says it's a, <laughs> he says it's Mick chicken. It's funny though because if we're talking chicken sandwiches though, like Wendy's has McDonald's beat. Like if we're talking spicy chicken, they win. Well, the Mick, the Mick chicken's a big rouse. You don't need a Mick chicken. Fuck the Mick chicken. You have you guys ever junior had... crank back a junior. Yeah, chicken. No, have you Let's give Wendy some credit then that, that the spicy chicken is maybe one of the best chicken sandwiches in the game, right? This we're not discrediting Wendy's. I love Wendy's. I love that we're talking about JBCs, and I'm saying that their their nuggets are better than McNuggets. They're not though. That's what we're talking about. That's what the debate was. <laughs> yeah, no... I mean, we have a lot of pull on this podcast, and the last thing I want is my Wendy's restaurant nearby shutting down. So. It's <laughs> <laughs> so let's listen. Yeah, Wendy, I still love Wendy's. I fucking just, love their nuggets. This, can, this isn't an anti Wendy. Yeah, this no, isn't an anti Wendy's tirade. I fucking love Wendy's. <laughs> this isn't an anti McDonald's tirade either. I know it is not. <laughs> I'm saying that Wendy's has the better nuggets. Give me the Burger King chicken fries over Wendy's. Nuggets. No, no, fuck that. Fuck well, Burger King chicken. <laughs> the, the Burger King. Okay, well, I can't speak of the fries. But the burger, the, the, the Burger King chicken fries. But the Burger King nuggets are on a level even lower. Than, than the- <laughs> burger King chicken is like what you like if you've never tasted chicken before, and someone's like, "Make chicken," you're like, "This is how it should be, right?" Why'd you even bring up Burger King? That's disgusting. Yeah. The Whopper with bacon and cheese is quite. I was gonna say we're gonna talk burgers, then we're gonna bring Burger King. Yeah, I, I mean, I like I like Burger King. We're, well, I like I'm a fan of all three establishments. Okay, <laughs> I'm a corporate cop. Right? Let's put that. Right- <laughs> I just sponsor us, bitch. I just, I, well, hold on, hold on. Actually, this is this is a good question. Do you guys get nuggets as your main meal, or do you get like nuggets on the side? Oh yeah, Chinchola gets dessert nuggets. <laughs> oh, always a side. Yeah, always a side for sure. <laughs> yeah, Chinchola and I are both fat fucks. <laughs> I'm getting a Big Mac with nuggets on the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It's called an appetizer, you idiots. <laughs> yeah, it's called an appetizer. You uncultured cunt. <laughs> Okay, okay. So that, that, that clears that up. <laughs> no, no, but that's not true because I will get a 10-piece nugget uh, experience and get a poutine with it. I would Or not. a large fry. I will never order nuggets as my main. He's not a, he's not a nugget fuck freak. <laughs> Anyways, Kev, when are we getting a new producer? Someone knows how to play by the rules. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to tell me next, dickweed? Domino's wings are better than their 16-piece Parmesan bread bites? <laughs> Honestly, though, I still fuck with the the Wendy's Nuggets. They're fine.
It's time for Cavi's Country Trivia, brought to you by the Asahi Brewers Limited, makers of the Asahi Super Dry Draft Beer, with that irresistible, smooth, sophisticated taste. Mmm, it's 10.34 a.m. Have you had your Asahi yet? In episode four of Kevy's Country Breakfast, oh, Barry, where art thou? Broadcasting legend Barry Davis, who was once on top of the world as the Blue Jays' on-field personality for Rogers Sportsnet, and has now fallen from grace to be a certified ATV and boat salesman at the Von Mills Bass Pro Shop, called Kevin Chincholo Ahua, is it A, a stupid fucking Dago, B, Sir Titsalot, C, a fat fuck from East Hamilton, or D, Kevy Guntrunt Concholo. Make your selections now. What do I choose? What do I choose? All the selections, what do I choose? If you said C, a fat fuck from East Hamilton who dares run the lap around the Rogers setting without going into cardiac arrest, You've won a beautiful Kevy's Country Breakfast Magnet that will bring a sleek splash of timeless elegance to your beer fridge and or magnetic toaster oven. And how exactly do you claim your prize, you freeloading son of a bitch? Well, it's easy. Just follow and message at Kevy's Country Breakfast on Instagram or at KCB Pod on Twitter to claim your piece of Kevy's Country History. Oh, and by the way, if you enjoyed the show, for the love of Jesus Christ in the high heavens, subscribe and share to everyone you know so we can fulfill our dreams of selling strangers mattresses online, barely looking them in the eye after a subpar live show. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you soon.